Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Welcome to the Heme Consults Podcast. I'm your host, Tiasian Lemina, and it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. I'm excited to bring you this episode called, Is It Time to Stop Being a Team Player? I am a hematologist. I am a coach extraordinaire. And I'm a philosopher. Today, I'm a philosopher. (laughs) So welcome to today's episode. And the theme scripture for this episode is 1 Thessalonians 5.21. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.21. All right. Before I get started on today's episode, I just want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, that the voice that you hear deep inside you is real. It is more real than any voice you hear outside of you. The feeling you have inside that tells you that something is not quite right is real. The feeling you have that the smile is not genuine is real. The feeling you have that you are being undermined is real. The feeling you have that you may not be supported is real. (laughs) And I want to ask you not to question it, but to take it as information don't question it. You are spending a lot of time spinning your wheels trying to decide if you're making it up or not because it doesn't make sense. Because somewhere in your consciousness or in your deep unconsciousness or subconsciousness, you can feel that something doesn't align. The smile is not aligning. The word of encouragement is not really hitting right. There's something, there's a gap. And all the time you're spending trying to to reconcile what your subconscious is telling you versus what you're experiencing physically is a lot of energy wasted. What I want you to do is take the information you're given and just use it. Use it for your benefit. Say, that smile does not seem genuine. And then act on it. Don't say, no, maybe I must be wrong. You are not wrong. You are a very sensitive and very discerning person. You are not wrong. Take the information you're given and use it for your benefit. Use it to adjust. Use it to recalibrate and to understand your environment. But what I'm asking you to do today is to trust yourself. Trust your instincts. Trust the way you feel. They are real. (laughs) Or I should say it is real. Okay. All right. That's the encouragement for today. Now on to today's episode. So I will tell you that this is a podcast episode that I've recorded for another podcast that I do, and that's a clinician researcher podcast. And because the clinician researcher podcast is a podcast that I air five times a week, this episode will actually come out on the clinician researcher podcast faster than it will come out on this podcast, the Heme Consults podcast. So it'll be interesting if you care to go back to the episode I recorded for the Clinician Researcher podcast and see how the two are related. They will be related, but they will be different because I I do things a little bit differently on this podcast. 
So the story I want to share with you is the story of this team playing thing. <laughs> Have you ever heard that term? Hey, are you a team player? If you're a team player, you would do X. And I usually hear that in the context of, will you do X, Y, Z? Oh, we need more people to, to take call. Please be a team player. Or when we're doing something that we absolutely don't want to do, we like suck it up and say, oh, I want to be a team player. <laughs> I'm going to be a team player. I'm going to do this. And usually it's, I'm going to take up this obligation because I am a team player. Okay, so what I want to do is instead of tell a story about me, I just want to tell the story about basketball because, you know, I, I played team sports when I was growing up. So I went to school in England and we played netball and netball is not a team sport that is done in the United States. In fact, it's been so long since I played netball and I've not really looked it up to remember the rules of the game that every time I talk about playing netball, people look at me funny. But, you know, we we had a ball and we shot baskets and, you know, it was kind of the same thing, but we didn't dribble. So it was different. Anyway, so when I say we didn't dribble the ball, people sneer at me. They're like, what kind of game were you playing? <laughs> hey, it was basketball without dribbling. Hello. Anyway, so when I'm talking about a game that I've played that I'm intimately familiar with, I have to talk about basketball now because my son plays basketball. So now at least I'm growing to understand the rules of the game because basketball is not really something I watch on TV. So I want to use the game of basketball as I understand it at the middle school level to explain this whole concept of team player and how I think it's a little bit misleading in academic medicine and why you should be wary of it. Okay. So the game of basketball is a game that's played, I think, with five people on each side. Five people at any point in time are playing the game. There are more people on the team, but at any given point in time, there are five people on the court representing the team. Now, the whole team comes together and they say, hey, I'm a member of the team and we have one goal. Our goal is to put the ball in the basket at the opposite end of the field or of the court, right? It's the court. Our goal is to put the basket in the opposite end of the court. And we got to do this as much time as, as many times as possible. We don't want to foul anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody in the process, at least not intentionally. This is our goal. And if we can do that enough times and at the same time stop the other team from doing it on our the other side of the court, we win because at the end we'll have more baskets than the other team. We do this consistently throughout the season and we actually may win the season. At the end of the season, we get a trophy and at the end of the season, we all get a championship rank. Oh, so amazing. <laughs> that feels very clear to me. So you don't even have to be friends on this basketball team. You don't even have to love each other. You just have to know that your goal is to win. And so because your goal is to win, you put aside your differences. You put aside your fights, or at least you work very hard to because you know the goal of the game. And as long as you feel like a respected and valued member of the team, and you trust your teammates and you trust the person who leads your team, your coach, and then the franchise, the franchise, oh, the franchise ship owner. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you know, you trust people and they're there looking out for you. You can play well. If you are concerned that you're not really a full and respected member of the team, or you're concerned that perhaps people are out to hurt you in the process, you might play differently. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is important for every member of the team to feel like they are a valued member of the team because then they can really give their all in service of the goal. 
And the goal, again, we said, is to get shots in the basket so that at the end, you go home with the trophy and your championship ring. Now, the trophy belongs to the team. If you leave the team, the trophy doesn't go with you. It stays with the team. But the championship ring is yours. You get to take it wherever you go. And forever and ever, for all of posterity, you'll be able to say you are a member of that championship team. And your ring will be the proof that you have, that you were a member of the team. Okay, so you remember all the things I talked about, about, you know, the components of being a team player. Number one, you are on the team and you're, all your teammates agree that you're on the team. You're on the team as a valuable player, right, as a valued member of the team. And you can trust that your coach, the owner of the franchise, cares about you enough. And that allows you to play your best game. You're clear on the rules of the game. You know what is a win. And at the end, you are able to collect your reward. Okay. Very, very clear game. There are a lot of factors involved in winning, but you know what to do, right? So how about the game of academia? Hmm. (laughs) What is the game we play when we're playing as academics? Right? If we are in an academic medical center, we're not clinicians only, we're clinicians and we're academic physicians, right? Our clinical care is in the context of academic work, of scholarship. And I would argue, to be honest, you don't even have to be in academia, academia for academic work to be part of what you do in the, in the setting of clinical care. Because if you're going to do clinical care well, you're going to want to study how to make it better. And that's kind of like a quality improvement. So even as a clinician who may not be in an academic, in quotes, environment, you kind of do need to be systematic to the way you approach patient care so that you can continue to improve processes, right? So ultimately, the game of scholarship, the game of academia, is really scholarship. And the reason scholarship is the game is because scholarship improves our processes, Scholarship helps everybody win. And so when people say, come be a team player, and they're saying, come take on more work because this is what's necessary right now, you want to be sure, you want to be clear that you understand what the game is and why this particular sacrifice is needed now. Because here's the thing, when we think about the game of basketball, players are making sacrifices But every sacrifice they make is in service of their growth and development. No matter what sacrifice you're making on the court, you're growing. You're like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to let the the better player take the shot because I know he or she is more likely to get it compared to me. Those are the kinds of sacrifices you're making in support of winning the game. You're not saying I'm going to lie on the court and people jump over me on my way to winning, you're not going to do that because actually that doesn't even support the game. It's like, what are you doing? Get off the floor, right? <laughs> it's like, what's, what's your problem? That's not, that's not how we play the game, right? So the sacrifices you make in being a team player are in service of the game and service of winning, but they're not to your detriment. If for whatever reason you get hurt on the court, you fall, take a tumble, you're hurt, break your leg, the game needs to stop to first of all assess you and check if you're doing okay. If you're not doing okay, you are carried out on a stretcher to go get well, and you're not allowed to play again until you're well. Wow, does that sound like academic medicine to you? Does that even sound like clinical medicine to you? 
where we take out, we, we examine players who are hurt, make sure they're whole before they come back to the game. Hmm. Okay. So, so we can't compare the games on that level and that's okay. It is what it is. But I think what I want to bring out is the importance of clarifying whether academia is a game and if it is a game, what kind of game it is. Because what I'm seeing is people burning themselves at both ends so that they can give light to the world. And light can come to the world by you burning yourself at both ends. But here's what happens. If you're being extinguished in the process of burning yourself, at some point, there's not going to be any more of you left to burn. And then the light dies. So yeah, in the short term, it's a beautiful glow while you're burning up. And people may be like, wow, this fire is so bright and I am so warm. But wow, that won't last very long. And then at the end, people are left in the cold again, where it's like, where's that nice doctor who was burning themselves up in the process or trying to give us light? And so if you're going to do your job well, no matter what you do, then you're going to figure out a way to provide light to your world without burning yourself up in the process. You are not the fuel to light the world. What you are is a source of light, but you want to become a source of eternal light. And sometimes part of becoming a source of eternal light is by protecting yourself, right? Let's say you get to the place where the embers are dying. You protect the light, the light for a few, for some time so that you can fan the flame again, right? You take the time out, you, you know, protect the, the fire from the wind, from water so that you can fan the flame again. And, and, and it's a lot, and it can start burning again. And so this whole process of playing any game that leaves you injured and unable to contribute is not being a team player because it doesn't serve you, you're hurt, but it also doesn't serve the team. Because at the end of the day, a player who is so badly injured that they cannot play is actually detrimental to the team. If the game could be played without all the teammates, then it would be played that way. But all the team members are necessary for the game to be won. Ah, all right. I said all that. <laughs> what do I want to tell you that I haven't already told you? I think I want to tell you to be careful when people ask you to be a team player. Because when they ask you to be a team player, they're usually asking you to do things that hurt you in service of a greater good that's not clearly defined as a greater good. Does the act that you're being asked to take on actually serve the need? And does it serve the need in a way that leaves you still whole at the end? For example, let's say there are only three of you that take call for your practice for a whole year. And then one person quits. If there are only two people left, sometimes people say, well, the, the thing to do as a team player is to take on 50% and the other person takes on 50% and we keep going. Why is that the default strategy for clinicians? What if we paused and we said, hey, there are not enough people to do this work. Therefore, perhaps we don't have capacity for more and we need to slow down the capacity until we have enough people. Why do we say we need everybody to turn things up 
so that the work can be done when that is a process of burning up the individuals in the process of getting the work done. Why is that our default? And that's not okay. It's not okay because what is the right response is to say, hey, there's only two of us right now. We don't have capacity. So we're going to scale down our production so that we can do the work of finding the third person or we can do the work of fighting the fourth person. And so the strategy of pretending everything is well and continuing to work as if there's no change or no cut in capacity is actually the wrong idea. It's like a player who took a tumble, broke a toe or broke an ankle. And you're like, well, uh, we need you in the game. You better keep playing. And I'm not saying people haven't done that throughout history. And sometimes, you know, these kind of wins have happened, you know, but they're rare. They're not the default. They're not a default strategy. So I think the question I want to ask is why is it that in medicine we feel as if the default strategy for clinicians is to do more of the things that hurt them instead of pausing, resetting, and deciding to find strategies to improve the situation. And so I just want to say be careful when people ask you to be a team player. because Sometimes they're asking you to do things that actually may not be beneficial to you and in the long term may not be beneficial to the actual institution that supposedly you're being a team player for. That's number one. Number two is that many times when people who are underrepresented in the academy or underrepresented in medicine, and usually this is women and people who are minoritized individuals or under, you know, the underrepresented people, they're being guilted usually into taking on projects that do not advance them. And I would want to just share with you that if you are doing work that doesn't advance you, I'm going to argue that it's work that actually doesn't advance your institution or your program either. So this whole idea of take on this work because it helps the institution is actually false if it doesn't help you as well. The synergy comes when the work you do advances both you and the institution. That's the synergy. I'm here to see patients and do scholarship in the context of seeing patients because it advances me. It serves my need to help to contribute to the care of others, and I'm also able to get promoted at the same time. Anything you do that doesn't lead to your advancement is not for you. It's not beneficial to you. And to be honest, it's not beneficial to your institution because when you advance, your institution advances. But if you don't advance, your institution does not advance. And many times for women and people who are underrepresented in the academy, there is this sense of, we would like for you to do this work at the expense of your advancement so that we can advance. And it's, it's false. It's a false dichotomy. If we don't advance, if the whole group doesn't advance, nobody advances. And there can be a false sense of advancement which, you know, when you're climbing on top of somebody's head, it can look as if you're climbing up and climbing higher, but it's not going to last very long. It's only a matter of time before you come crashing down and you realize that stepping on somebody's head is not the way to advance. And so any game that doesn't advance you is not is a game that doesn't advance the institution. Mm, do you want to play that game? <laughs> 
Oh, so the third thing I want to say is that sometimes when people ask you to play a game, they're not really telling you what game you're playing. It's not exactly clear. They're saying, hey, can you play this game where we all win and we get the championship ring at the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the trophy at the end? But what they're not telling you is that I actually don't even consider you a member of the team. You can be here, but you don't belong. You get that sense sometimes. It's like, oh, this team is, is going on, but I, I don't feel like I belong. It's an important thing to clarify. What is this game and do I belong here? <laughs> Am I actually a valued and respected member of the team? Am I? Because if I am, then I know that when the reward comes to this team for the efforts I've put in, the rewards also come to me. But if somebody is tricking you, they're pretending to you that you're a member of the team and you really aren't the janitor who, you know, supporting the team but is not a member of the championship team, that person doesn't get a reward at the end, you want to know that that's the game you're playing, that you're not considered to be a valued member in that way. You want to know. Do you want to continue to play that game? And so what I, I want is to avoid any confusion as to the game that you are playing. And that's why my call to action, number one, is for you to define what game you're playing and your role in that game. Hey, am I here as somebody who is a member of the team, the championship team, who when the championship is announced, I get the reward, I get the trophy in the ring? Am I that member of the team? Or am I playing a game where I'm only allowed to sit on the sidelines and at the end, if there's a reward, I get to cheer, but I'm not part of the championship team? Is that the game I'm playing? Because if that's the game I'm playing, I want to know. I want to know, so I decide if I want to play that game. But I want to say that you're not in the game to sit on the sidelines and laugh and clap when the reward is announced. And the reason I know that is because it's happened enough times where you're sitting on the sidelines watching people take the trophy and you're not happy that that's happening. You're not. And so if you're not celebrating because you feel like you're left out, then don't play that game. But you won't know that it's a game you don't want to play until you clarify the game you are playing. And so I want to invite you every time people say, hey, be a team player, say, hey, what game are we playing? You want to be very clear because if it's not a game you don't want to play or if it's not a game you want to play, don't play. Hmm. Don't play. But the only way you decide <laughs> is by asking the question, hey, I love this idea of being a team player. Can you clarify for me what is the game that we're playing? That's number one. The number two thing I want to invite you to do is to clarify whether you are a member of the team, whether you are actually a member of the team. There are a lot of people that travel with the basketball team. There's a person driving the bus. There's a person who cleans up after them. There's a person serving them food. There are a lot of people traveling with the basketball team, but not everybody is a member of the team. And it's not that they're not valuable. It's not that they don't serve the team. It's not that the, you know, the, the championship game doesn't really happen. Like the team doesn't become a championship team unless everybody else is doing their job, unless the driver is driving them to their games until un unless, you know, people are doing stuff like right there's I mean, and there's a collective shared win of like, oh, my gosh, we all won because we supported this team to win, but they're not getting the trophy. And it's OK if 
you know, it's okay if that's what that they know that from the beginning. Like, you know, the driver of the bus is not going to be at the end saying, where is my championship ring? He knows that even though he's supporting the team, he's not going to get a championship ring at the end. But but we don't call him a player on the team. We call him a supporter. And that's okay. That's the role he's kind of signed up for or she's signed up for. Is that the role you signed up for? So you want to check. Am I a member of this team? Like, am I actually a member? Or am I like a supporter? Because, you know, you could be either. There's nothing wrong with being one or the other. You just want to know your role so you can be clear. And so if they're saying, well, no, actually, your role is a supporter, you're like, okay, well, I just drive the bus then. And you guys go do this thing in the gym that you do. (laughs) Don't call me. Don't ask me to show up at 4 a.m. Just I just I will show up at 7 a.m. and transport you. But I will not be there at 4 a.m. when you all are doing this thing that you do practicing for the game. Right. I, I can support the team because I'm a supporter, but I'm not a team player, right? You just want to clarify. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. Clarify for yourself. Are you on the team? Or are you a sideline person? Are you just a supporter of the team? Or are you on the team? I do want to invite you to ask that question. And the third thing I want to invite you to do is to decide for yourself if the game is a game you want to play. If the team is the team you want to be part of. Now, I will tell you this. Just because you're at a place doesn't mean you're a member of the team. You can continue to be there (laughs) as long as you recognize that, hey, I'm not part of the team. And if that's what you choose, please choose it intentionally. I'm here. I'm not part of the team. I'm just here. Okay, great. I'm supporting in different ways. Or I'm not supporting. I'm just just here. I'm the guy who's still going to be here after they all leave, right? (laughs) You can choose. But you do want to ask yourself, what is the game? Am I a valued member of the team? Do I want to play? Do I want to play? And you know what? The answer could be no. I don't want to play. And that's okay. That is okay. It's okay to say I don't like this game. I don't want to play it. And so when people say, hey, be a team player, you say, no, I, I don't like the game. I don't want to be a team player. Or you can say, oh, yeah, I love this game. I want to be a team player. But you get to choose. And I just want to invite you this week to exercise your power of choice. Exercise your power of choice. Is this a game you want to play? Are you a true member of the team? Decide if it's the game you want to play. You know, there's a movie called The Hunger Games. I don't even remember if I could watch the whole first movie. It was kind of distressing. Kids killing each other. It was a game, all right. But is it the game they wanted to play? Somebody was benefiting, uh, I think. But is it a game you want to play? I invite you to consider that this week. All right, Women of Color and Hematology, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. It is always a pleasure to serve you in this way. If I can serve you by being your coach, I invite you to reach out to me, schedule a time for us to have a consultation call, and let's see if we can move forward in a way that's satisfactory to you. I look forward to talking with you again the next time. We are rolling on towards the end of the year. I hope you're ready for what's ahead. All right, I'll talk to you again the next time. Take care.